This Friday, June the 30th edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Uh, today is Thursday, June the 29th, and we've got a full slate of games for Friday, June the 30th, across MLB. Uh, three man go tonight. Uh, firstly, I was getting panned, I was minus 500 for delaying the start of the pod. Uh, but the man who was plus eight fifty um, is the man who was responsible. Scott, what's happening? Uh, overall, uh, sorry. Uh, you had a pretty <laughs> nice plus price. Uh, if you had me causing the delay, wasn't too long though. Uh, but good to be back. Looking forward to going through today's card. Uh, and our third uh, host tonight is the man who grasped you up to everyone uh, as to why uh, we were late. Is Mister Lonte Smith? Lonte, what's happening? What's up, man? Hopefully we can do better today. I'm getting my brains beat in um, on this baseball <laughs> card right now, man. It's, it's brutal right now. So I'm hoping we can clean up in the uh, in the back half uh, of the slate. But looking forward to breaking it down with you guys. Yeah, there is some, uh, some weird days for going on at the minute. There's, um, there's some odd box scores and some odd um, uh, results coming in. So we'll take you through those in a moment. Uh, shout out to the chat. Mark Calvaruso, a new name to me. Uh, he's first in. Uh, well done, Mark. You've uh, you've usurped the usual favourites, TV, DBG, etc. Uh, Mark over the line tonight. Kaysen's joined us as well. Uh, Trev's here. Uh, Captain Insano is here as well. Kaysen, um, the real Dylan, I believe, is kicking around somewhere as well. Uh, Sphinx here as well. So, yeah, good evening, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, um, weird old day's ball action. We've got some odd box scores um, in that... Kansas City scored four runs on six hits. They beat Cleveland, who scored three runs on 13 hits. Cleveland absolutely cruising. Bieber was cruising. Got lifted after around about 81 pitches, according to Scott. Um, and Kansas blew that. The Detroit Tigers uh, beat the Rangers. The Rangers nearly mounted a rally um, in the in the ninth inning. But the, uh, the Tigers have beaten the Rangers. Someone in the chat had that as well. Uh, Trev, I think it might have been. Oh, actually, Trev's posted his picks there. Uh, Tigers money line, Tigers first five, and the Padres Pirates over eight and a half. Uh, the Padres were absolutely cruising, four nothing. Uh, Pittsburgh weren't in that game at all early on, and then the Padres blew up with some ridiculous fielding by the pitcher out the bullpen, just threw one down the first baseline, and everybody scored. Um, and Oakland first five cashed my standard daily play, um, and now in the sixth, a six to three down. So that's worked out. Scott's angered by the Tampa Bay Rays scoring all the runs tonight when they scored none off Zach Gallen yesterday. Was uh, none so off of Davies all. yesterday. Scoring yeah. zero off Gallen, I mean, I wouldn't have taken the four and a half. But Davies, I mean, ERA of like 15 plus the last three games. But yeah, they almost got there for me anyway. Siri missed the home run by about three feet. But yeah, is what it is. It happens. It is what it is. Um, looking at Friday's card... Um, it's another. It's been a really weird week this week for games that have been off the board. 
Um, and pitching changes. I have just, in the last five seconds, changed two starting pitches. I had you, Darvish, written down. I've had to change that to Seth Lugo. I had Nathan Yavaldi written down. I've had to change that to John Gray. Uh, or are they pitching tonight? No, that is tomorrow. Yeah, so we've got pitching changes all over the place. We've got a few injuries and stuff. Also, I think this is the the team starting, taking a bit of a run-up towards the All-Star break next week. Uh, you've seen some players go on the injured list. Merrill Kelly's gone on the IL. Just when people get that extended break, um, and teams do play silly buggers uh, in the lead-up to the All-Star break. And I think we're just starting to see the, the, the start of it. So it's been a fragmented week here. Uh, when we've been trying to give out the lines, but we will endeavour to do our best. I'm sure everyone in the comments will do exactly the same um, as well this evening. And we will start with a 2.20 Eastern first pitch between the Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago Cubs. Cal Quantrill for Cleveland. Um, officially TBD for the Cubbies, but I see uh, Jason Steele. Uh, going for the Cubs, plus 125 on Cleveland, minus 150 on the Cubs with no total, and Lonte can lead us off. Yeah, man, uh, let me bring up my, uh, I'm sorry, my, my internet's going slow, I'm sorry. So, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I would rather bet against both of these teams, to be honest with you. Um, Cleveland is 7-3 in the last 10, Chicago 6-4, and four, but lost three straight. Um I'm not really a fan of of Quantrill. Isn't Quantrill's going right? I, I want to make sure I got my pictures right because that, that's who I have listed. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure because it's a lot of stuff that's that's changing. I'm seeing different pictures on different books, and I just want to make sure I got the I got the right one. But uh, and, and Steel Quantrill versus Steel, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, Quantrill he hasn't pitched since uh, May 30th, if I'm not mistaken. So he wasn't good um, to end May. Five earned runs allowed per game in his last four starts. Um, I, I like Steele. He bounced back after mixing um, uh, after missing a lot of June. Uh, three earned runs combined in his two June starts. Uh, he has pitched well at home outside of allowing uh, five to Cincinnati. Um, he's had two earned runs or less in six of his eight home starts. So that's a positive here. Um, I know that Cleveland's running hot right now, you know, winning seven of the last ten. Um, I just don't believe in them on the road. I got to take Steele here. Um, I, I think the I think the Cubs bats will come alive against Quantrill, who is likely to be a little bit rusty. So I like um, Chicago at home. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'll get them, but I'm pretty sure Cleveland's not that good against lefties. Okay, fair enough. Um, Scott, uh, Cleveland at the Cubs. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cubs' first five. I'm not going to really overthink this. I don't trust either bullpen, but I definitely don't trust Quantrill. I don't think he's any good. Steele was very good uh, last time out. In fact, you were there in attendance in uh, London, and he pitched very well. So I like his current form. Solid pitcher. Cleveland can't even score, and they get 13 hits. I believe they went one for eight with running scoring position today. So they can get guys on base. They just can't score. But the Cubs have not been a good team recently. I've been on Philly for most of that series, so that worked out pretty well. But for the sake of this matchup, give me the first five. I trust Steele. I don't trust Quantrill, and I still don't like Chicago's bullpen. Give me the Cubs to find a way to lead after five. You stole my thunder there, Scott. I wanted to lead off with uh, yeah, uh, you know, Justin Steele's a pitcher I saw in person uh, last week because I've never been able to say that before. I wanted to sound like a real American boy when I said it. Um, but he was great, and he has been great before that. He's generally been a favourite on the show as well. Control, we're out on. It's really hard to back the Guardians, man. It's really... Be and tonight is a great example 
because they've got some good pitching staff who do everything in their power to get them a win. And they never score enough wins for, for you to make it comfortable. So if the slightest thing goes wrong, um, it's all gone tits up again. So it's just such a fine margin with Cleveland that uh, you never get, you never feel confident about taking them. Um, yeah, I'd take the Cubs here. It would be the unit and a half play um, at a price of minus 150 for me. Um, we will move on next after I've told you about Bird Dogs shorts. Uh, today has definitely been a Bird Dogs shorts kind of day. Really hot and muggy here in the Northeast. Um, Bird Dog shorts. Stretch cart shorts. It's like the fit slimmer through the thigh. Give you a nice sculpted look. Uh, slimmer fit, all that sort of thing. Uh, for us middle-aged men. Uh, the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric keeps you cool and dry all day long as well. So the thing to do is go to birddogs.com, enter the promo code POOL, that's P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. And you will not want to take your bird dogs off. 5.10 Eastern. First pitch between the San Diego Padres and the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Seth Lugo, apparently, has got a pitch for the Padres. I uh, saw that name two minutes ago. Uh, and Graham Ashcraft goes for Cincinnati. We have no lines on this at all. Um, Scott, I think we even checked just at the top of the show and we, we thought it was Darvish going. I think we have Darvish's name written down several times this week. On fan tracks, in fact, all week, um, he has had the little red flag um, next to his name. No, he hasn't had the proper white cross in it, so he's not IL, but he's been that sort of day-to-day -day red flag about Darvish because he's on my pad here, no pad for Tuesday. I think he's on my no pad here for Wednesday and he's been scratched every day. So uh, Seth Lugo against Ashcraft, but without any lines. So what were your thoughts, Scott? Uh, for this one, I really have a hard time backing Ashcraft, but with the Reds being involved... I'm not taking an under. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to take an over in this game. Uh, we know the Reds can pitch. They're really good at hitting. We saw that again yesterday in that extra inning game. But Lugo, haven't heard his name in a while. Uh, so I kind of wonder how he's going to pitch against one of the better offenses in the league. Ashcraft has been a disaster all season long. Uh, but Lugo has made two starts uh, since returning after about a month hiatus. Five innings, one run against the Giants. Five innings, three runs against the Nationals. So not exactly pitching that well. Padres are 0-4 in his last four starts. And after they got they got swept by Pittsburgh, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they did. If you get swept by Pittsburgh, I'm not backing you. So I'll take Cincinnati <laughs> at home. Uh, but I am going to go with the over because I do think Ashcraft, once again, not a great pitcher. Tatis has been struggling a bit lately, but with this matchup, I do think the Padres have enough quality bats to have some success against Ashcraft and the bullpen. Give me the over. I think you'll see another high scoring game. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Lonte. Yeah, I'm. Um I'm in the same sentiments. Um, Ashcraft, 36 earned runs in his last six starts. But he did pitch well in San Diego, one earned run and six innings pitched. So uh, maybe he has that to build on versus um, where he is in his recent form. Uh, I handicapped the game with Darvish, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like up in the air. But still, I was going to be on the Reds in the over, uh, even with the erraticness of Ashcraft. I just think the Reds are in better form. Uh, the Padres, me and Ma, we were talking off air about how they just so inconsistent, them and, and the Blue Jays, who I think we'll get to later, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I just got no faith in, in San Diego right now. 17-21 and 21 on the road. Cincinnati is 21-20 and 20 at home. They're playing better. Um, Cincinnati's also covered 
six of the last 10 run lines. So that's something to, to keep in mind. They're 28 and 15 on the run line at home also. So um, if you get some big plus prices, uh, I think you should take a swing at, um, at Cincinnati on that run line. I called the Padres the West Coast version of the Mets, and I can't really unsee it. I, I just see them being the exact same team this year. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you. Uh, Lugo is kind of a shining example of what the Padres are in a little microcosm. Um, he he got shelled in the, the start in which he got injured um, before he had this month off. And actually, starts all around that have been okay. But at the same time, as they've been okay, the Padres have just been hoping all of them. Um, they're so unreliable. I watched. I don't often get to see the Padres. Obviously, West Coast. I'm well and truly in bed by the time the West Coast games start. But they were nice and early today, so I watched them cruising along against Pittsburgh. Uh, came in here to record the Premier League show. Went back to have a look. They lost five four, and I've got no idea how they did it. Um, there was that report that came out the other day about the unrest in the locker room, and they just seemed to be a little bit of a mess. And you can't back them. Um, Ashcraft's in a similar boat. We've said nice things about him on the show in the past. He's a bit of a sweetheart on the show here. Um, but yeah, I need to see it. Um, he's returned from the aisle and it hasn't uh, gone well so far. So he needs to demonstrate something before I back him again. Um, I would take Cincinnati because why not? Like you, you take Cincinnati every night. It's fun to take Cincinnati. But the over yeah. that Scott pointed out appears to be the, uh, the, the, more, the safest play, I would suggest, on the board here. 6.05 Eastern first pitch, the Washington Nationals and the Philadelphia Phillies. TVD pitcher for Washington, I believe it's Josiah Gray. And we have left-handed pitcher Christopher Sanchez going for Philly. Um, no lines on this one either, unfortunately. Uh, Josiah Gray, a 5-6, and 3.43 ERA. He, he flashes Josiah Gray, but he's inconsistent. Um, had a lovely 5-1 and one third out in scoreless last night against the Padres that we just talked about. Did pitch against these Phillies on the 2nd of June. Gave up six hits and four earned runs in five and a third. Uh, two home runs and 40, uh, four walks in two of his last five starts as well. So it's possible some walk props on Gray. Christopher Sanchez um, started one game in April and now he's on his third straight turn through the rotation here in June. Um, he's got a fairly average profile, not much to report. 0-1 on the year, 4 5 both teams are going well, yeah. Philly have won three. Washington have won two. Um, Washington looked okay in Seattle last night. I do like Josiah Gray. I think this could be a low-scoring game. And in a low-scoring game, I'm going to give Washington a chance on the road here. I think Sanchez could run into some trouble against Washington's side. Who were just picking up a little bit lately. Uh, Lonte, anything on this one? Oh, Lonte, you're on mute. Oh, I agree with you to a certain extent. If, I, if I'm hearing you right, you you like Washington a little bit, um, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I, I lean to Washington, um, especially on the run line. They're 28 and 12 on the run line on the road. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, sprink, I'll sprinkle some on, on the money line. They've won four of the last five, uh, Seattle and San Diego, who we just talked about. But Philly is on fire, seven and three in the last 10, like you alluded to. Um, I like the over. Uh, I think two of the three – Two of the three games in the series early in this month went over. Um, the bats of Philadelphia have been on fire, five-plus runs in four of the last five games. Um, and like you mentioned, I do like Josiah Gray. He pitches well on the road and against good competition. Uh, as far as offenses, uh, two earn runs or fewer in six of his rows, six of his last eight road starts. So I think he's going to have some confidence here. Uh, again, Philly back at home um, with their bats you know, going how they are. I think Washington will be able to put up some runs. 
Um, let's go with the over and uh, Washington on the run line. Yeah, Scott. Uh, for this one, I think I'm going to lean to Philly. Uh, Philly was kind to me in the series against the Cubs, so I'm going to keep showing them some respect. They've been good. And simply put, even though Gray has been kind of hit or miss lately, he was very good last outing, uh, gave up no runs against the Padres, but I just called them the Mets of the West, so that doesn't really mean much. But I'm looking at the last couple outings, and uh, he has not been overly great. He's given up at least four earned in three of his last five starts. Faced off against Philly earlier in June, actually. Five and a third, four earned. And as a result, I think Philly can get to him. I don't really know enough about Sanchez, but I do like the current form of Philly. And I do think the offense is kind of rolling right now. I'm going to take the Phillies. Even if Gray pitches well, he really hasn't gone much length. He's pitched less than five and two-thirds in each of the last two starts. So the point is I think Philly can get to the bullpen, and I think that's probably enough to get the win. I'm going to lean to Philly in this one. Next, we have a game with some lines. We can pick some bets here. The Minnesota Twins at the Baltimore Orioles. It's a 7.05 Eastern first pitch. Pablo Lopez for Minnesota and Dean Kramer for the O's. It's tight on the books. Minus 105 Minnesota. Minus 115 Baltimore, total of eight and a half. Lonte, pick us a winner. Yeah, man, let's hope I can get one. Uh, I like the O's in the spot. I, I like them a lot, actually. Um, I think they'll bounce back at home after the Red Series. Uh, Minnesota, 17 and 23 on the road, 9 and 21 um, as an underdog, which technically they are an underdog. Baltimore, 25 and 16 at home. Uh, 29 and 10 as a favorite. So they do dominate as a favorite. Um, Lopez, a bit inconsistent. Um, he he does have high strikeout rates, nine K nine plus Ks in his last three starts, uh, but he's been a bit inconsistent as far as with his control and his command. Um, I know Mal, you were waiting on uh, Dean Kramer to to come down to earth, but uh, he's still pitching well to earn yep. runs in, in his three of his last five starts. Um, he has had an issue giving up the long ball. He's had two plus home runs in three of his last four starts, so he's got to get that down because the Twins are top ten in home runs with uh, 104. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if that number's updated as of um, earlier today, but I would look at maybe some Buxton and Gallo um, total base of home run pops, but props. But overall, I like Baltimore at home. Uh, I think they bounce back and have a good series here and uh, get to a, a not so good Minnesota team, especially on the road. Yeah, this looks quite straightforward. Now, I just think whatever happens, Baltimore can outscore them. Um, I'll. Kramer isn't the only Baltimore pitcher that I've been waiting to come down to earth. I've got a bit of a list and just not happening. So I'm happy to take my medicine inside with them, try and reclaim some of this money back. Lopez has been bad. Uh, Kramer does give up a few. Uh, he does get plenty of run support, though. And like I say, Baltimore can outscore him, however many Minnesota get. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take the minus 115 inside with Lonte and Baltimore, Scott. I'm going to go with Baltimore as well. I think the pitchers are relatively even. Kramer's been okay, uh, but I do think, once again, Baltimore is just the better team. Minnesota, not that great on the road. Baltimore has been very good at Camden this year. So I'm going to go with the Orioles. I think they'll find a way to get it done. 7.05 Eastern first pitch. The Milwaukee Brewers at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Freddie Peralta for the Brewers. And we have Osvaldo Bido. 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 I'm going with Bido. Uh, for Pittsburgh, minus 145 for Milwaukee, plus 120 uh, for Pittsburgh, minus at eight and a half. Um, I'd set the over 110 seconds on when Trev comes in the chat and tells us to fade Peralta on the road. Uh, but Scott, before Trev does that, can you get in first? 
Yeah, I'm going to take Pittsburgh anyway. I'm going to take them with plus money. They're not a good team, but they've been playing better lately, and they just swept the Padres. So Milwaukee this season, they've been okay. Uh, they have won three of the last four. They have won two of the first three against the Mets. But I do think when you're looking at the overall uh, money line here, I think Milwaukee's a little bit too expensive at plus at around minus 145. Uh, Bitto, I think, has been pretty good. And I think that when you're looking at Peralta, once again, he's been kind of a mess on the road. I think that when you're looking at where the value is going to be, Pittsburgh, not a good team, but even bad teams have decent stretches. We saw Oakland win seven or eight in a row a couple weeks ago. I think that Pittsburgh is on the verge of an upswing, not for a long period of time, but at least for this game. Peralta, though, 5.94 ERA on the road, and uh, Pittsburgh actually just saw him. He pitched well against Pittsburgh on the 18th, but since Pittsburgh just saw him, I do expect Peralta to struggle a little bit more. Give me Pittsburgh at home on the money line. Uh, Lonte, uh, Brewers at Pirates. Yeah, um, short and sweet here. I like the Pirates as a, as a home dog here. Like Scott said, I don't I don't trust the offense of uh, of Milwaukee, especially at, especially on the road. Um, bottom five in pretty much all offensive metrics on the road. Um, they strike out a lot. Uh, now, I mean, Beto, he's I mean, he doesn't have the the greatest stuff, but again, it's Freddie Peralta. He's serviceable. So. Yeah, he is. He's serviceable enough. I mean, I guess the lineup like Milwaukee, I think he'll be fine. Um, but either way, I think this is like like Scott mentioned. It's too expensive. I, I like the plus price with the Pirates at home. Completely agree. Yeah, it's another team right here, Pittsburgh at all. Um, the Brewers had a couple of the decent wins um, against the Mets. We had Pittsburgh on the Mets. So, but even then, the Brewers made hard work of it. Um, I watched the majority of, of, of these games, and I, I kind of had this handicap down for, for my Mets game, but. Uh, they had the bases loaded, I think, in the first two games of the series. Couldn't get anything across. But by the time I went to sleep, there was something like one for 29 with runners in scoring position in that series. And they eked out a couple of really ugly wins against uh, a Mets team that can't win anything. So um, but I put no faith in what they did in New York at all. And it's a pretty proud on the road. It's uh, it's an easy fade. Trevor tells us every week. Um, the Pirate Bats are alive and well. It's, uh, Henry Davis uh, swinging really well. It was good to... Um, watch him tonight. Noah, uh, Noah Benick tipped us off about Henry Davis uh, last week in the chat. So yeah, um, totally agree. Pittsburgh would be my play. 7-0-7 Eastern is the Boston Red Sox at the Toronto Blue Jays. James Paxton, left-handed pitcher for Boston and Jose Barrios for Toronto. Well, minus 145 home favourite. Boston and Paxton are plus 125 with a total of nine. Paxton is 3-1 on the year with a 3.19 ERA. Uh, he's been great. Enjoyed watching him. He's started eight games, only given up seven earned runs in his last 28 and one third. He's got a 35-5 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. The kind of numbers you're looking at when you're expecting the pitcher to go well. So I expect a really solid start from him. Berrios uh, is going okay. Pitching well at home, 2.48 ERA. There's no real pattern as to what Berrios does. And this is close. I thought this would be closer on the books, actually. When I saw these prices, I was absolutely delighted because I really struggled to trust the Blue Jays, a little bit like the Padres. Um, I watched the game two nights ago and they had runners on the corners with one out in the first inning. And honestly, a team like Tampa would bear down and make sure they got some runs across. It was against the Giants when they had um, Walker, the opener. Um, Ryan Walker, maybe. Did Toronto score no runs in the entire game? 
I went to bed in the like, um, after this because I just see Walker was up pitching. They had runners on the corners. Vladdy comes up and just it was the the carelessness like of Vladdy striking out. Like he, he he swung at this sweeper that was four foot off the plate, like Javi yeah, Baez I've style. That. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, then he fell over, didn't he? And then Matt Chapman came up and struck out as well. It was right. so casual, like yeah, they're having like fun, a league, like a golf. Swing. And one night they, they, they didn't score. Just... I think they got no, yeah. down. No, no, they didn't score. Yeah, they didn't score. Yeah. And then they'll come out one night and score ten runs because they're all very talented. But that's fine. But if that talent isn't working hard. You can't rely on it like, um, and the Blue Jays, I've, all season I've noticed this. And when I do get to watch them, even just for half an hour, live, like the eye test, I think, counts for something. As much as you punch the numbers on this, you get to watch more stuff than me because I have to sleep. But that the other night just was a, that was a huge indication. Then two strikeouts. And I thought, there's no way Randy Rosarena or Harold Ramirez, Isaac Paredes, would have come up and struck out in that situation. They would have had the ball in play. They'd have left that in and leading two to nothing. Um, so yeah, I'm not buying the Blue Jays here. I love Paxton, great price. Give me Boston Scott. Boston yeah, uh, Scott. I saw Rosa Three yard touchdown. Yeah, wait, what were you saying? Sorry, sorry. Oh, Philadelphia good. Eagles joke. Oh, I, I missed it. Sorry, I'm not an Eagles fan. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I saw Rosarena strike out with first and second with uh, no outs yesterday in the ninth inning. I, I, did too. I, I, almost threw, I almost threw my phone at the TV. Threw seven change-ups, and he struck out on the seventh <laughs> one. But anyway, uh, for this one, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays actually at home. Uh, Berrios has been good lately, and I criticized him earlier this year. I still don't think he's worth the contract, but he's been good lately. And Toronto's been good when he pitches because the Blue Jays have won – in six of his last seven starts, he's got a 3.6 ERA this season, but his home ERA is 2.48, so he has been very good at home. Uh, I want to pull up his numbers against the Red Sox, though, uh, just to pull up his numbers, because I feel like he's faced them a decent amount in his career. Um, let me just quickly pull up what the numbers are. Uh, sorry. Uh, so Boston has been meh against him. 233 batting average, 266 on base percentage in roughly 94 uh, plate appearances. But Boston has not played good baseball lately. I believe they've lost four in a row. So I'm going to fade them. We know Boston's been a streaky team all year. They're probably going to finish in fourth or fifth in the AL East. Toronto's got talent. I do agree with Malcolm. They are a little bit lax at times. And I think their manager is terrible. But for the sake of this matchup, I understand why the line is where it is. Barrios has been good at home this season, and he has been good lately. I'll lean to Toronto. I'll fade a Boston team that's been streaky and that seems to be on the verge of another downswing. I'll take Toronto to win the game. Lonte. Uh, Mal, I think you broke it down pretty like I'm furious with Toronto and <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't figure I can't figure him out. So I, I don't think Toronto's good. I'm I'm on the same page as you. I just don't like the current form of the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, just just for that, I, I don't like either side to to be honest. So I, I'm going to stay away from from the sidewise. But I think the over is a good play. Um, Toronto's offense inconsistent, so they could come out and score seven. Uh, at Boston, they they've been an over team all year, even though the offense has struggled as of late in their last five. Um, they are 54 percent to the over on the season, and I think both of these offenses can get going here. So I'm looking at the over rather than playing a side because I don't trust either one of these teams. Lonnie, I don't think you've got a furious bone in your body. I think you're a very placid man. You <laughs> see, Lonnie loses temper at something. Uh, where are we going? Oh, we go at the top of the screen to find the Mets. Let's talk about the Mets. Seven ten, Eastern first pitch. Uh, San Francisco Giants at the New York Mets. Alex Cobb for San Francisco. 
Carlos Carrasco for New York. Even money for the Mets with Carrasco and minus 120 for the Giants with Cobb. Uh, Alex Cobb is 5-2 and two on the year. has a 3.09 ERA. Um, he's only got one good start in his last five. Um, that was at home. It's four road starts. He's given up, what, 2-4, two, 2-3. Two, he's pretty consistent. He fits into the mould that a lot of these Giants pitchers do. You kind of know what you're going to get. Um, Carrasco, on the other hand, is really, really struggling. Um, 6.19 ERA, but 8.20 at home. 5.56 in his last five. The Mets have lost uh, his last four starts. Like I say, and they, I think the Mets got away with it this week, even though they lost the series. Verlander loaded the bases early on, didn't get it. Peterson loaded them in the game that they won. Senga struggled yesterday. The Brewers couldn't put them to bed. The Giants are a different proposition to the Brewers. Um, Carrasco runs into similar problems, and there's no reason why he won't. I think the Giants will put them away here. Um the Giants are top 10 runs, homers, RBIs. Um, I can only see runs here. I would lean towards the over nine, but I'm happier with the San Francisco Giants at minus 120, Lonte. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, one of the hottest teams in baseball, they win games. It doesn't matter how you want it, they can do it. Uh, low scoring, high scoring, bullpen game. Uh, their starters, they can win any kind of way. They're excellent on the road, 22 and 16. 22 and, 16. Um, and you mentioned with Carrasco, I mean, he hasn't pitched over four innings in his last three starts, allowed a home run in seven straight games, and, you know, eight out of eight out of his ten starts this year. So he's given up a long ball. I would look at some Lamont Wade um, and some of those guys in that line, at the top of that lineup for some uh, home run total base props. But I couldn't agree more with you, man. I, I, like, the, I like San Francisco. I think it's a cheap price. Um, especially with a inconsistent, non-existent Mets team with the payroll um, higher than our U.S. government's did. Uh, Scott, you're not taking the Mets, are you? I'm not going to. Uh, I do want to point out, though, that Cobb has not pitched in a while. He's coming off the IL, so it's his first okay. start in roughly 17 days, which is always a tricky proposition when you want to back somebody who hasn't exactly pitched at a major league level in a while. So there might be a bit of rust involved. Uh, Carrasco has been a mess though. So I would rather take the Giants team total over in this game because even if Carrasco pitches decently, you never know what Buck's going to do with the bullpen. He's still using Adovino. He's still using a bunch of random guys. Brigham's been a mess. He still pitches all the time. The one thing I will point out though is that Carrasco's actually had success against the Giants active batters. A lot of success actually, but that might've been when he was a younger and more I'd say skilled pitcher. I don't think Carrasco has it anymore, just simply put. And I think Mets fans would agree, but I think Cobb's going to pitch decently. I'm not sure how long he's going to pitch, but I am going to lean to the giants at that price. I feel better about the team total though. And the over, because I do think once again, with Cobb not pitching for a while, you might see him struggle, but at this price, I'll keep fading the Mets. I mean, we faded the Mets in the Sanga start because they were favored and said, why are they favored ever? Because they blow every game and they managed to lose another game. So nothing's really yep. going to change for my thought process here. I'll link to the Giants, but I am going to go with the Giants team total over and fade Carrasco while kind of ignoring Cobb in the process. Um, just as a, as a little note on that, Lontier mentioned the Giants' bullpen days, um, and you're saying Cobb might not go very long. I think the Giants, just off the top of my head, they're either 7-0 and or 7-1 and in bullpen games. Um I saw they talked about Walk the other night. We've talked about Sean Manaya, who was struggling to start coming as a long reliever. So when the Giants are, are putting bullpen games together, that's something to watch. Um, could even turn into one tomorrow if you only go two or three out with Cobb if he's a little bit rusty. Uh, but Giants with a bullpen game, 
um, or a wagon. So, yeah, let, we'll keep an eye out for that um, next week. Uh, 7.20 Eastern first pitch, the Miami Marlins at the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I have Brian Owing for Miami and officially TBD for Atlanta. Um, Jared Schuster is the pitcher. I think it might be. But I have no lines at all for this one. Uh, none of us do. Lonte, anything for the Marlins at the Braves? I'll make it simple. I, I think I speak for all three of us when I say um, you don't want to bet against the Braves right now. I, I don't know h- how you bet against them um, at all, uh, especially at home. They're 27 and 16 at home. And this is their this is their uh, averages at home. So at home, they're fifth in, fifth in batting average, fourth in runs per game, second in slugging percentage, first in home run percentage. All of that is at home. They've won four of the last five um, this year against Miami, including three straight where they outscored Miami in Miami 26 to nine. So I have no idea how anybody can go to the window or put on, go in your app and place a bet against Atlanta right now. I have no idea how, if you have, if you do more power to you, but it, it won't be me. I think, I think me, you, Mal, Moonoff, me, Scott, Mal, Moonoff, and Dylan can go out there as relievers and uh, and get a win with the, with the Atlanta lineup we got. So yeah, that's that's my that's my Braves um, rant for today. Well, Lonte, you've set me right up there because I'm taking Miami here. Oh <laughs> you <just> said, man, <laughs> you've absolutely sent me to the shops there. Um, Brian Hoeing, two nice if short starts. I understand that. And Schuster's not great. He'll pitch five innings and give up three or four earned runs. It's what's going to happen. So Pogue can go okay. I'll land to have one five in a row. Miami have won four in a row. Um, I'm going to take Miami here. Um, much to uh, Lonty's chagrin. Uh, Scott? If I was going to take Miami, it'd be the first five. Uh, but in okay. reality, maybe Miami first five team total over. Maybe get it at one and a half. And you can just fade Schuster and hope they score a couple of runs. I'm not going against the Braves at home. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I said earlier this week, I think the Braves are the best team in the league. Not a hot take. They're the favorites, the betting favorites to win the World Series. It's one of the best lineups I've seen in a long time. There's a couple of lineups, you know, historically speaking, you know, 27 Yankees always viewed as being the best lineup ever assembled, etc. It is so dumb how good this lineup is. You have Michael Harris batting ninth. Like, what is this lineup? everybody contributes and they could even give Murphy some days off and they still dominate. This team is so good. Acuna is incredible when he's not hitting home runs. He steals two bases every time Uh, you're looking at everybody else they have on the team. Olsen's been a lunatic. Azuna has been good recently. Riley's a mad. The whole team is incredible. Like I don't, I don't have much to really criticize for this team besides maybe a little bit of the rotation, which you hope would be a little bit better. But for the sake of this, I'm not sure who's going to start. Maybe it's Schuster. Maybe it's Soroka. We'll see what happens. I know Malcolm was high on Soroka because he was pretty good in the minors uh, when he got demoted again. But we saw how bad he was in the majors when he started this year. I think I'm leaning more towards uh, just any type of over in this game. I will give uh, Miami props, though, because they just keep finding random pitchers you can contribute, and Hoeing's been good. He had a no-hitter last start, actually. Only five innings, but gave up no hits. But... I think I have to go with the Marlins' first five team total over, whether it involves Soroka or whether it involves Schuster. I do think Miami can get something done in a hitters-friendly ballpark in the first five, but I'm not going against Atlanta at home. It's one of the best lineups I've ever seen, and this team is just an absolute... Just I can't even imagine having to face this lineup because you're never off the hook 
There's just pressure from everybody. I, I think Atlanta is going to win the World Series, so I'm going to pick Atlanta to win the game here. But I do think, once again, Miami first five team total might be the sneaky look for this game. And they're missing cool. two of their starting pitchers. Kaysen saying that Schuster got sent down, I think. Uh-huh. So, Okay, so we're looking at Mike Soroka. Um, Either way, oh, Mike Soroka is also a mixed bag. Then That's a risky proposition anyway, so... Yeah, I, I was quite high on Soroka, as, as you said, when we, we handicapped yeah. him earlier in the week. So, Does yeah, that change I'll maybe all process. Maintain, nah, I'll just back Miami. I'll put a million quid on Miami. Be fine. Um, Keaton's in the uh, chat, uh, bigging up Lonte for his brave spit the other night. Keaton, a new name to me. Uh, good evening. How are you doing? Um, we will move across to a 8.05 Eastern. First pitches the Houston Astros at the Texas Rangers. Um, no lines on this one. I had Nathan Yavaldi handicap. Turns out it's John Gray now listed for Texas. Officially TBD for Houston. I think it might be Ronel Blanco. Um, but yeah, a bit of a mess this one. Um, Scott, do you have much on this? Uh, for this one, I think I kind of have to lean to the Rangers. I know they just lost to the Tigers, but Houston has played a bit better lately. Then again, they're playing the Cardinals. Uh, so, you know, that kind of cancels each other out. But they won a thriller yesterday, 10-7. The problem that I have, though, is the fact that Gray's been really good this season and Blanco is not. So I think that the Rangers have the better pitcher. Offensively at home, we know how good this team can be. They've not been as good lately, but they're still solid. But I want to look at Gray's numbers. He had one really bad start against Toronto where he gave up six, six runs and two and a third. But to read the starts around that, Five innings, one run against the Yankees. Nine innings, one run against the Cardinals. Seven innings, no runs against the Mariners. Seven innings, one run against the Orioles. So besides one outlier bad start, he's been really, really good. I can keep going. Five innings, one run against the Rockies. Eight innings, no runs against the the uh, Athletics. Seven innings, one run against the Mariners. The point is Gray's been good, and I don't really think Blanco's that good. So I'll go with the Rangers to get it done here. Maybe if you want to lean to an over, uh, if you want to make a case for Houston, I think Texas still gets theirs. So maybe you expect Gray to struggle. I don't. I'm going to lean to Texas. Maybe first five because I really hate that Texas bullpen, but I think Texas should be leading after five innings. Yeah, I don't mind Blanco, but this kind of does point to um, either a Texas team total or an over, so, sort of something in that ballpark. Uh, Lonte, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, making it a team ride. I, I like uh, Houston. I mean, not Houston. I like Texas at home. Uh, Houston's been a bit inconsistent, um, even with the aces on the mound. The offense just doesn't look the same without Jordan. I mean, they had a big rally, like Scott alluded to, um, against the Cardinals. But again, it, it is the Cardinals. Um, I looked up something, and they're ten and thirteen uh, without Jordan in the lineup. Twenty thirty three and twenty four with him. I mean, obviously, it's a bigger sample size. Um, they're hitting 236 or 239 without him and 249 with him. So obviously he has some influence on that lineup. They also Texas also won two of the three uh, games in April, outscoring uh, Houston 17 to 11. Uh, I echo everything Scott said about um, Gray. So I think Texas is the is the right side here. Um, Underdog Fantasy are back with Best Ball Mania four, uh, giving away 15 million dollars in prizes. Underdog pick him is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. Loads of ways to win at Underdog and available in a lot of states too. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. 
8.10 Eastern first pitch is the Detroit Tigers at the Colorado Rockies. We have Michael Lorenzen for Detroit and officially TBD for the Rockies, I believe it's Austin Gomba. Uh, tight on the books this one, minus 115 on Detroit and minus 105 on Colorado with a total of 12. Um, Lorenzen, 2-5 and five on the year with a 3.97 ERA. I've, it's no secret that I'm quite fond of Lorenzen. He's pitched 11 innings, given up three runs in his last two starts. He's going along okay. His road record is 365. Um, and his recent record in Colorado is good, even though it's a series of separate one-inning relief appearances. But he's got away with kind of seven of them in a row. Um, Austin Gomba's five and seven on the year with a 7.01 ERA. I have no idea how Austin Gomba's amassed five wins uh, with that ERA on this team. It's quite remarkable. He's got an 8.72 home ERA, um, but his last start at home against the Angels was okay. Um, and even if Gomba isn't great, can Detroit take advantage? I don't think they can. So I think Lorenzen can go okay. Gomba will plod along, um, but Detroit still won't be able to lighten him up. 12 is a huge number. Um, I've got to take the under 12, I think, uh, Lonte. Yeah, I'm kind of against you here. Uh, I like the over um, for this. I don't like either team, uh, full disclosure. Um, both pitchers are a bit erratic. You went through the numbers. Um, Gomber, three home runs in two of his last four games, uh, one or more in seven of his last nine. Lorenzen, he's actually been a tad bit better on the road than at home. Uh Literally one run, 14 earned runs in his last five home starts, 13 earned runs in his last five road starts. So literally one run better on the road. But better is better. But uh, I can't take a side. I, I like the over. I think both teams have the ability to get to the opposing team's pitchers with them being a bit erratic. So no play for me. High number. But in cores, we know how, how the ball works uh, when it's in the air. So give me the over 12 and a half. Uh, Scott, can you split the tie on that one? Yeah, for this one, I think I'm going to lean to Detroit. Gomber was decent last time out. I believe that was the game after the Angels scored like 20-something runs, and he actually held the Angels in check. Uh, but he doesn't go much distance, and we know how bad this Rockies bullpen is. The Rockies are still a really, really bad baseball team. Detroit's not good, don't get me wrong, but at least they were competitive, and they actually gave Texas a run for their money over the last couple of games. So I'm not saying that Detroit has turned it around at all, but... At least they've been competitive here and there. Uh, the Rockies had a, bit, a pretty interesting series against the Dodgers, but I just have no faith in the Rockies' bullpen, and I think Lorenzen's been pretty good. Even if Gomber pitches well, I don't expect him to go much length, but Detroit did pretty well against Texas. They scored eight runs in the Thursday game. Torkelson had two home runs. Maybe he goes yard again in this game, but I think Detroit gets it done. I think it's a pretty cheap price for what could be the better starting pitcher. You, you never know when a pitcher travels the course with a bunch of one-inning relief appearances, but for the sake of this game, I'll link to Detroit. I think they're in better form right now than Colorado. I think Colorado is just an embarrassment, to be honest. So I'm going to go with the Tigers at a relatively cheap price, and hopefully the Rockies' bullpen implodes. Eight ten Eastern first pitch, the Elliott Dodgers at the Kansas City Royals. Bobby Miller goes for the Dodgers, and it's uh, Jordan Lyles Day. Moon, I'd be pleased to hear uh, for the Kansas City Royals. Minus 225 on the Dodgers, plus 177 on Kansas, and a total of nine and a half for Lunty. 
Yeah, make it short and sweet, man. I, I like the Dodgers team total over. Jordan Lyles did get off the snide. He got a win against Tampa Bay, one of the better – in Tampa Bay, actually, one of the better home teams, one of the best home teams, if not the best, uh, in the MLB. But all that, he still has 17 earned runs in his last four starts. So I think the Dodgers are going to mash him. Uh, and I like the Yerfi, the Dodgers team total over in the first five and the full game. Um I think it's pretty simple with this game. What do you think? Do you know what I feel? Going a bit contrarian to you, particularly Lottie, on all of these. I'm taking the under nine and a half here. Uh, Bobby Miller's had two shockers his last two, um, but I think better days are ahead for him. And this is Kansas City. Um, I watched that Jordan Lyle start last time. I think I took the Nerfie um, just because the Yerfies have been uh, were too heavily juiced. And I sat and watched it before I went to bed and it cashed pretty easily. Lyle's just doing better lately. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Kansas can score many runs. The Dodgers would have to score them all by themselves. Um, and I don't think they're going to get... They're not going to absolutely shell him. You might go for a few, but the under nine and a half just looks too big. So, yeah, I'm going to take the under. Scott, we've got a tie again. What have you got? Yeah, for this one, I think I'm going to go with the Dodgers on the run line. Uh, Miller was not great his last two outings, but he's been very good on the road this season. So far this season, point. 8-2 ERA on the road. Uh, but Kansas City won next innings game against the Guardians uh, on Thursday. It was a bit of a miracle they won because Cleveland had so many chances to blow the game open and then they blew it. But still, the Dodgers, I just think, are the better team. And even though they're not the greatest team on the road, especially pitching-wise, I do think Lyles is a prime candidate to get shelled here. Uh, the Dodgers have a lot of power. Uh, I, I think they'll be able to take him deep a couple of times. Maybe Mookie takes him deep. Maybe Freeman. Maybe you see J.D. Martinez, for example. Point is, I do like the overall lineup that the Dodgers still have. Kansas City's bad at everything. I mean, there's a reason why they're a bottom three team in the league. E even in the first couple games of that series against Cleveland, I mean, they, they can't score, just simply put. So I understand your under angle because the Dodgers have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. So I'm hoping that you're right. But I'm also hoping that that means the Ro the Royals only score like one or two runs. Give me the Dodgers winning like five to two, something like that. I'll, I'll take the Dodgers on the run one. Um, well, yeah, the last 90 seconds of our lives have just been uh, entirely futile because uh, John Lyles has been pulled from the game, apparently, uh, oh, through good. sickness. Uh, uh, Alec Marsh, apparently. Uh, this is good. This is our beat reporter, Case uh, and Hightower, who's given us all this information. Uh, as we speak, so yeah, um, yeah. Just pretend the last uh, two minutes didn't happen. Wait, so you're uh, telling we can me move on. The, so the Royals are calling up. Is is he being called up or is he being promoted from the bullpen? I've got no idea, mate. Off the top of my head, I, I'm just saying yeah. if it's yeah, another I no prospect, I think he might be getting game. called up. Okay, so if it's another prospect being called up, then I'm definitely on the Dodgers because the Royals can't develop any pitchers. So I'll go with the Dodgers. Can they develop anything besides Bobby Witt? I don't even know if they can develop Bobby Witt, by the way. There needs to be a conversation to be had. I know he can steal bases, but he's been kind of bad this year. And I don't know if people are talking about it. But I don't know if they can call up any. I don't know if they can develop anybody. That's a separate story. Uh, 8.15 um, between the Yankees and the Cardinals is something we can't talk about. Luis Severino for New York and left-handed pitcher Matthew Liberatore. For St. Louis, minus 115 for the Yankees, minus 105 for the Cardinals, and a line of nine and a half, Scott. 
I'm actually going to link to the over in this one. Uh, the Yankees, I've roasted their offense all season long. Maybe it's just because they faced off against Oakland, but they've scored 10-plus runs in each, in each of the last two games. Uh, they also had a perfect game, so shout-out to uh, Jermon uh, for getting the perfect game there. But still, Severino's not been great this year, 5.25 ERA. Uh, Liberatore has not been good either, 5.6 ERA. The Cardinals offensively, I know they got uh, – really just embarrassed by steel. Besides that game, they've been decent, though. They've scored seven-plus runs in two of the last three games. I'm going to link to the over. I, I just think that you're going to see runs. Severino, once again, has not exactly been good this season, and he was pretty good his last outing, six innings and no runs against the Rangers, but uh, on the road, he's been especially bad. And Liberatore, once again, I'm not sold on, but Severino has given up 18 runs, 16 earned, in 18 the third uh, innings on the road. So I'm going to lean to the over. I think you'll see runs here. Uh, I'm going to lean to the Yankees. I don't feel great about it, though, but I'm expecting a bit of a higher scoring game in this one. Uh, Lonte. Yeah, I'm going to slightly disagree, but I don't feel great about either, either one. I'm not, um, I'm not betting this game. That's just my yeah, lean. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't feel great about it, but I, I'm going to lean to the under um, with both teams you know, playing to the under in their last 10. I know that uh, the Yankees have woken up, but again, it is Oakland. And while St. Louis is bad, they're not Oakland bad. Uh, both pitchers a, a little bit erratic, but I think Severino can settle in. Um, you mentioned it. He pitched well against Texas, five hits, no earned runs. But I, I need to see a little more consistency. I need to see him a little more um, against against several different types of opponents. Um, and Libertor, four-plus earned runs in three of the last five. But I think at home he'll be a little bit better. Um, and the Yankee lineup probably be overvalued after – um, after these two performances against Oakland. So I lean under, uh, but I also lean to the Yankees as far as the, the play. So I don't fully disagree with you, just on the total. Yeah, I've got the first five over and the full game over here. The, the Severino six scorers against Texas was the outlier for me. It was minimum three earned runs or more uh, before that. Liberatore pitched okay out of the pen, um, but his starts have been poor. Um, I do like him. Uh, I think there'll be better days ahead for Libby, but um, I think we've got runs runs to score. And yeah, Scott said the cards have been scoring, so yeah, I'll be looking for runs. First five over and a full game over. 9.38 Eastern first pitch is the Arizona Diamondbacks at the LA Angels. Left-handed pitcher Tommy Henry for the D-backs and Griffin Canning will go for the Angels. Uh, plus 120 for the D-backs on the road. Minus 140 for the Angels. Total of nine and a half. Tommy Henry, 4-1 on the year. 4.31 ERA. He's okay, Tommy Henry. He's not hugely reliable. His last two starts have been really good, however. Um, but I love Griffin Canning. He's one of my favourites. 6-2 on the year. Um, has just squeaked his ERA below four with a really nice run um, of good starts. Gives up the odd homer. Has a problem with the long ball still, so... Some uh, D-back home run props, which are always in play, uh, still apply against Cannon here tomorrow. But his whip is great as well. He doesn't allow many ducks on the pond. Um, it's hard to take the under with either of these offences. Um, Diamondbacks have just been consistently good and the Angels can explode at any time with the talent that they have. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Angels here. I think uh, Cannon, it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a play on Cannon, really. Henry, I don't mind, but he's kind of unreliable. But I am quite high on Griffin Canning. Uh, so the Angels for me at minus 140, Lonte. 
Yeah, I'm on the opposite side, man. We're disagreeing on a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, we're miles away tonight, Blunty. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the snakes and, and I like the over the halos. A little too inconsistent for my liking, especially against good teams. Um, D-backs performed really well on the road, 23 and 14, and they've won four of the last seven road games. Uh, you mentioned um, Canning. He does give up the long ball, um, one one plus home runs in four of his last five starts. Outside of that. Uh, he's been solid, but against weaker competition, he's played against Colorado, Kansas City, Seattle, White Sox. Not necessarily the biggest offensive threats like what he's going to see uh, with the D-backs. Uh, Henry also gives up the long ball. Uh, he's had a home. He's given up a home run in his last four starts, two earned runs or less in three of his last five starts, though. Um, so I think it's going to be a good pitchers uh, pitchers duel. Um, but I do like Arizona offensively to to do a little bit more of that lifting for that over. So give me the snakes in the over here. According uh, to Trev Corbin, Carroll left with an injury today, so we'll have to say that shakes out for Arizona. Um, Scott, thoughts on this one? Well, uh, unfortunately, Carroll got hurt, which is, unfor- which is you know, uh, not a fun time. But I think I am an only to Arizona uh, just because you're getting them at plus 120 and change, and they're just a very good baseball team. Uh, the problem that I have with Arizona, though, is still the same problem that I had with them for the first couple of weeks of the season onward. Can you just trade for a closer already? Like, what, what, <laughs> right, are, you, what right. are you doing? Right. Like, I'm in Texas, I, man. Game, I have no idea. The game yesterday was a perfect example of that. There's no way you should lose to a team that you're shutting out for eight innings. Like, that just shouldn't happen. So they don't. Their bullpen is still a mess. I'm aware that's a problem, but I know Canning's been good. Henry's been pretty good the last two starts, though. Uh, last two starts, six innings, one run against the Nationals. Six innings, two runs against the Guardians. Now the counterpoint is it's the Nationals and the Guardians. Both teams can't hit, so you shouldn't be celebrating too much. But I'm going to look at the uh, Diamondbacks here. You're just getting a good team at plus money. I just think it's a good investment long term. With Carroll being out, though, that does kind of change a few things because I doubt he's going to play in this game. If he left early as a precaution, I doubt he'd play tomorrow. They might give him the day off and then let him play the weekend, but I think I'm going to lean to Arizona just for the plus price. The Angels are, I mean, they're a meme in the sense that they're the classic, oh, Tani and Trout both hit a home run and the Angels still lost 8-5. to five. Like, I feel like that's yep. what you're in line for every single time. So even when Otani or Trout or both do well, they seem to always lose games anyway. Now, this year they've been better at it, but I still don't trust them. I'm going to lean to Arizona. If you're going to give me plus 120 with a division-leading team, I'm going to take it because I like the value. So I'm going to hold my nose and take the Diamondbacks plus money. Uh, I am out on a limb on everything uh, for this card tomorrow night. Um this next game is a mess. 9.40 Eastern first pitch. The Chicago White Sox at the Oakland Athletics. I've got no picture for the White Sox and two pitches for the Athletics, um, which might be their best way of winning a game as it goes. Um, we've got Lewis Medina or possibly Hogan Harris going for Oakland. Uh, nobody going for the White Sox and no other information. I thought Harris pitched today. Did he? Okay, that might explain that then. That would be Medina. Um, so yeah, okay. Lewis Medina then going on that. But... Um, Lonte, nothing for the White Sox. Do you have anything on this? Yeah, uh, what a horrible series. Good God. Um, yeah. This is this is a horrible series, but I, I'm probably going to be on Oakland if they're at a plus price. I know I know it's probably going to suck, but, I mean, I, I can't trust the White Sox. I mean, I know they're mashing right now, but, again, we just talked about inconsistency of the Angels. So uh, I'm probably going to take Oakland if they're a decent dog. Um, Chicago on the road. Bottom six in runs, 30th in hits, 29th in batting average, 217 batting average. Um, 
White Sox also 15 and 27 on the road. Oakland has covered six of the last 10 uh, run lines. So I'm likely to lean that way and, and sprinkle a little bit on the, the money line. But what a horrific series. Good God. Oakland first five. It cashes every night. They uh, cashed again tonight. They're now 10 to three down. Uh, yeah, but the Oakland first, Oakland first five got over the line. I've got absolutely nothing on this. I'm not even going to venture a pick, Scott. I'm going to go with the White Sox. I got to see what the line's going to be, but at least the White Sox have shown some life lately. Oakland got per- got perfect gamed by Domingo Herman. Like, and they're down 10 3 the game after. I, I, this is, I've said several times, the worst baseball team I've ever seen, and nothing's going to change with me on mm-hmm. that. Uh, Oakland is 10 and 30 uh, straight up at home this season. Mm-hmm. I'll take Rob, I'll take Robert to a home run, hits a home run every night, might as well. If you want to hear something funny, as bad as the White Sox have been, they're only five games out of first place. That's how bad that division is. It's a brutal division. They're five yeah, games you, out of first place, as bad you, as the White Sox have Scott, been. Scott, real but, quick, what's what's the odds that, that we can get uh, Roberts from, from the White Sox? I know they're going to be sellers. Uh, I don't think they're trading Ro- uh, Robert, to be honest. Hey, man. It's, we're, we're, it's the Yankees, man. We, th- we throw a billion dollars at them. Uh, I think the Yankees are going to try to stay with the current prospects. I'm not even sure who they would who Chicago would consider giving up. Robert's on pace for like 40 home runs. Yeah, I, I know. He's really, he's really good. He's really. But that's really what good. I said before. I don't think the White Sox will actually be selling because they're actually close to the first to first place in the division. But mm-hmm. I'll take the White Sox. They've shown some life. They're winning right now. Keyword right now against the Angels. We'll see what happens. But Oakland's a, a disaster. Just give me the White Sox. Um, Kaysen's tipped us up that it's going to be uh, left-handed pitcher Tanner Banks going as an opener. Tanner Banks um, has started the last two games in that opener rule, two and two-thirds and three and two-thirds, um, has given up runs and hits um, across all of that. So coming into the season with an ERA of 450, which is kind of workable, but yeah, um, not particularly arrived. So Oakland might score some runs here. This could be an over. This could finish sort of seven to four in favour of uh, the Chicago White Sox, something along them lines. Uh, last game we've got here this evening is a 10-10 cowboy time, Eastern first pitch between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Seattle Mariners. Shane McClanahan, left-handed pitcher for Tampa, and Bryce Miller. Got to be careful, your B Millers tonight. Um, Bryce Miller will go for the Mariners. Plus 115, home me Seattle, minus 135, the Tampa Bay Rays, total of seven and a half. Scott? Yeah, I think this line is just too low. Uh, Seattle's a team that I don't think is particularly good. They're not awful, but based on preseason expectations, you thought they'd be a lot better. Miller's got a weird stat line because he's got a 3.88 ERA, which is decent, but he has a .97 whip, so he's actually been pretty good at keeping guys off, base, uh, off the base paths. But still, Miller has been... Well, let's put it just uh, – he's been good lately, but he struggled last start against Baltimore. But I do think, once again, McClanahan, I know he got injured a week or two ago. Now he's making another appearance, but we know how good he can be. Seattle just strikes out so often. I, I, they just do such a poor job of situational hitting. And that kind of goes back to what you said about Toronto earlier in the show, how yeah. in one inning you saw Vlad strike out with first and third. You saw Chapman strike out with with first and third. All Seattle does is strike out. Corbin had nine strikeouts against this team the other night where they couldn't score against Corbin. <laughs> he did. Seattle's just a mess. Everybody on their team strikes out a ton. You have Raleigh, you have, uh, Raleigh, you have Suarez. The whole team doesn't touch the ball. Even Julio strikes out a lot. 
I'm going to lean to Tampa because they find ways like yesterday to win games they shouldn't win. And they manage to do what needs to be done. Next man up approach. Seattle has the I have to hit a home run myself approach. And that's why they're below 500. I'm taking Tampa at a really good price. Absolutely, 100% agree. You said you didn't think Seattle were awful. I think they might be. Um, well, they're I watched that yonder. I'm saying, like, comparatively, yeah. speaking, they're not good, but they might be underrated sellers of the deadline. I'm curious what Seattle's going to do. That division is um, tough. They might sell at the deadline. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched that, uh, Patrick Corbin. That was just last night, I think, uh, when they kept striking out. And yeah, they can't, they can't um, lefties, so McClanahan should pitch well. Absolutely. The, the price on this, um, there's a couple of a couple of people in the chat here. Uh, Case and Dylan. Uh, I think Tampa's a great price. Minus 135. Tonight's a great example. We're in the bottom of the ninth. The Rays lead the Diamondbacks 6-1. to one. Um, The Rays just get it done. And that, I think, is a great comp for what we might see tomorrow. I'll just keep this really simple and take the Rays at uh, minus 135. Lonte. Yeah, man. I'm very fitting that I go last because this is going to be my lock for, for the show. I think Tampa's being disrespected. I, I don't care if they're on the road. Um, both of you guys hit on it. McClanahan, it, he's too low on the road. Seattle, 29th in strikeouts. Um, you saw what Corbin did to them. He should have double-digit strikeouts, probably in five five innings. Uh, I would think he had uh, 10 or 11. So I'm going to be on his Ks um, to go over. Uh, Tampa, they have been a bit inconsistent as of late. But, again, McClanahan on the road. Uh, Tampa Bay usually dominates as a favorite, 50-21. and 21. They're 38-33 and 33 on the run line as a favorite. Um, Miller has struggled against good offenses, the Yankees when we had Judge and um, the Rangers. Yeah, and the Rangers touched – yeah, the Rangers touched them up too. So I, I think Tampa is going to light them up. I would look for uh, some uh, Rosarena total base props. But, yeah, man, this is my lock for the show. I think this is borderline disrespectful. Probably should be closer to the 165, 170 mark, especially with how well McClanahan is going right now. I mean, I just don't see Seattle touching him at all. I think some of it's based on the uncertainty of McClanahan coming back from injury. So they're not sure how long he's going to actually pitch, and there's some mm, question marks around that. That's fair. If I I'll, ta- I, I, I'll, ta- I'll take the free money. Yeah, but you just then trust the Rays to do whatever the Rays do yeah. uh, to close out the rest of the game. Um, right. Yeah, the last uh, disrespectful line uh, you saw the other night was that Braves line, I think, on Tuesday oh, along yeah. day. So you look at the follow it up. Um, follow, follow that lock up with your dog then, please. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the game we just briefly touched on and I'm going to go with the D-backs uh, on, uh, on the road getting a plus price against the Angels. Um, I think I think the offense of the D-backs – now, granted, I know Corbin Carroll is uh, going to probably be out of this game, but still, I think that will give us even more incentive to get a higher price. So I like Arizona on the road where they play particularly well. Um, Halo's a bit inconsistent to my liking, especially against the good team. So give me the Snakes on the road at a plus price to be determined, cool. I'm pretty sure. Um, don't lock it in right now. Just wait until Corbin Carroll is announced out. Probably get a higher number. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, what have you got for us? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rays uh, uh, for my lock as well. Uh, Just simply put, I think Seattle is still getting a bit too much respect from the markets. Uh, Miller's been good lately, but once again, I still have questions about his long-term success, especially against one of the better offenses in the league. Just because Tampa screwed me over yesterday on a team total does not change the fact that they find ways to win games. I don't know how many teams would have won that game yesterday, and they still found a way to do it. Tampa, even with them struggling, still managed to win a road series in Arizona. 
that's still impressive no matter how you slice it. So I'm taking Tampa. This line feels too short. Even if McClanahan does not pitch well, I still don't really like Seattle's bullpen. And I do think that when you're looking at what Tampa does really well, they're really good late in games at rallying. Seattle does have a very good bullpen ERA, fourth best in the league, actually. But Tampa's bullpen, we know, is usually pretty good as well. Uh, so I was torn between Tampa first five and Tampa full game. I think I'm going to take full game on the slim chance McClinan maybe doesn't have it, once again, with the injuries and stuff. So I'll lean to Tampa anyway. I think they'll get the job done. Give me Tampa on the money line as my lock. Uh, did you give us your dog there, Scott? No, I was just going in order. Uh, so okay. that's going to be my lock. For my dog, uh, what do I want to pick here? Um, I feel like I mostly like favorites on the card today. That's why I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. You know what? I'm going to take a stand here with what I think is a pretty fun play. I believe Pittsburgh's gotten buried by Milwaukee on a regular basis in the last couple of years. But I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Uh, in this game against Milwaukee. I'm not a fan of Peralta on the road, and I do think that Pittsburgh playing pretty good baseball lately. Small sample size, but still, they ended up sweeping a series at home. Milwaukee's been in the middle of a pretty long road trip. Uh, they are finishing up a four-game set against the Mets in New York. Series before that, they were in Cleveland. So they've, they're about to play seven straight road games into a road series in Pittsburgh. Bitto's been okay. Peralta's not exactly been great on the road. I think it's a pretty good price for a team that kind of woke up offensively over the last few days. Give me Pittsburgh on the money line, but I am aware in the last couple of years, Pittsburgh has not been very good against Milwaukee. But you know what? Something's got to give. Give me Pittsburgh money line. Yeah, Pittsburgh made it onto my short list of two, um, but I've actually sided as my dog with Boston, uh, plus 145, sorry, plus 125 Boston. Um Paxton's been going really, really well. And I do have a little bee in my bonnet about the Blue Jays, you might have noticed uh, this evening. So they've got Berrios going. I'll happily take Paxton and a little punt on Boston. They have been on a bit of a skid. Um, maybe they can snap out of that some tomorrow. And for my luck, I really like Baltimore at home to Minnesota. Uh, Dean Kramer against Pablo Lopez. Lopez hasn't been going very well. Kramer might give up a few, but Baltimore can just outscore Minnesota. It's really quite straightforward. Um, and I think they've got a pitcher in better form. Uh, Baltimore at home as well. So, yeah, Baltimore minus 115 is a great price. Um, that will be my luck. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we did it. We got to the end of the show. Uh, Lonte, anything we need to tell the people about before we go? Nah, man, hopefully I can get back on track with some um, with some good fortune in, in the backside of this, uh, this card today. And uh, looking forward to the card tomorrow. Hopefully we can get on the right side. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I'm just waiting for WNBA action tonight. That's where that's where most of my action lies. But besides that, uh, perfect game yesterday. I saw the last four or five innings, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, it's against Oakland, though, so it counts as basically half a perfect game, right, with that yeah. team. But still, <laughs> uh, definitely nice to see history. Uh, and as a Yankees fan, hopefully that turns the potential season around. I'm skeptical, but either way, it was cool to witness. And it's the first one since Felix about 10 or 11 years ago. Wanted to mention it because I just thought it was very cool to witness in person. Um, I'm going to go and watch uh, Brian Bellow uh, deal. The, that game's just started. Marlins at Red Sox, and I'm a big fan of Bellow. Uh, got him on a load of fantasy teams, so hopefully go and watch him pitch four or five shutout innings and maybe get a W as well. Um, and that's that. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with a, our usual turbo episode, our Futures Friday, Lock Dog Total, whatever you want to call it. 
um, and then we'll be back in our entirety on Sunday evening. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, Lonte. Everyone in the chat, it was uh, vibrant, as always. Good to see some of your names in there as well. So good luck with all your bets. Uh, as I say, someone will be back tomorrow. Until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.